you got to love John the Baptist, right? Uh, he seems like he would have been a, a fun guy to meet and hang out with. He, he's basically like the Bear Grylls of 2,000 years ago, right? Man vs. Wild. You, you had John the Baptist. He's just out there camping out in the wilderness by the Jordan River. He's, he's making use of his limited resources. He, he would eat locusts and wild honey. He wore camel hair for clothes. It's all types of stuff you could picture Bear Grylls doing. I think I, I would have wanted to join those crowds that were, that were going out into the wilderness to see John and hear him, be baptized by him. Because John also spoke with an authority from God that people hadn't heard in a long time. He wasn't like those stuck-up, legalistic Pharisees back in Jerusalem. John was, was always talking about the coming of the Messiah. And this was something that people were really excited about and they, and they, were, they were hoping for. They had their, their hope in this Messiah. They didn't know all the details about who he was, what he would do. But this hope of their Savior, the Messiah, allowed them to to see past their problems in front of them and to, and to set their sights on a brighter future. Plus, John's baptisms did a lot for the people too. They, they worked repentance, a change of heart in people. His baptisms worked forgiveness, cleansed away people's sins. The people wanted to go out and get baptized by John. John the Baptist prepared people to meet that Messiah the Savior. And clearly, John was a prophet from God. He spoke with the authority of God. And not surprisingly, a, a number of people were wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be that Messiah. People really liked John the Baptist. I think I would have too. But, when we start to look a little deeper at what John the Baptist had to say, maybe we would not like him very much. John the Baptist gave a, a harsh message against sin. Uh, before this account here, he, he's calling some people a brood of vipers. He, he's talking about axes ready to cut down trees that don't produce good fruit. Uh, he even talks about the very literal fire and brimstone of final judgment. Maybe we would not really like John the Baptist if he was here saying those things to us today. But John the Baptist had a, had a purpose in speaking that way. John had to point out our problem so he could then also show us our solution to the problem. John had to explain our cause in life. Our cause in life is that God would be delighted with us. That's our goal, that, that God would find delight in us. And, and everyone has this desire, maybe whether or not they know it, everyone has this desire to want to have a, a good standing with, with God or 
whatever higher being they think is out there. And everyone is going to take up this cause in whatever way seems best to them. But the reality is, there's only one way for God to be delighted with us. And this is what John is so desperately trying to get across to people. It's what he's so passionately preaching about. And, and for John, it's worth harshly pointing out the people's problem if it directs them to the correct solution. And, and John does make it clear he's, he's not that solution. He's not the Messiah. He, he clears that up for everyone. He says, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John baptized with water for the forgiveness of sins. It's the same, same way that our baptisms work for us, to work forgiveness and faith in our hearts. But only the Son of God, after completing his work, returning to the Father, only the Son of God could pour out a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Only, only he could, could pour out his Spirit's gifts on, on poor sinners like us. And, and Jesus actually spoke directly about this right before he ascended back into heaven after he rose from the dead. Jesus says a very similar thing here. He says, John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And, and this baptism with the Holy Spirit, it all happened on the day called Pentecost. This is the day that all this is talking about here specifically. The day when Jesus poured out his Holy Spirit on the New Testament church in a way that he hadn't done before in the Old Testament. And this kind of pouring out, this baptism with the Holy Spirit, it's one that only Jesus could perform. But it's what John says next that maybe makes us not really like him that much. He says, Jesus will also baptize with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This statement about winnowing forks and threshing floors maybe requires a little explanation. So, after a harvest, a farmer would have to right, separate the, the wheat that's edible from the inedible chaff, the other extras that were kind of useless. And so to do that, they would throw up the, the grain into the air and let the wind blow away the chaff. The chaff was lighter. And then you'd be left with all the good stuff, the wheat, the grain, put that in the barn. And the chaff... Well, at that point, really all it was useful for is, is fuel for a fire. John the Baptist uses this illustration to talk about final judgment. And as you look at what John has to say about Jesus and all of this, you've got to admit it sounds a little scary. I mean, Jesus is the one clearing the threshing floor. And, and it brings up a pretty heavy question for us to ask ourselves. How can I know if I'm wheat or chaff? 
How, how can I make sure that, that God is finding delight with me? How, how can I be sure that he's going to store me up in his, his storehouse and, and not throw me in the un, unquenchable fire like that chaff? How can we know? Our, our cause looks a little bit lost here. We, we, we kind of see what God says in his word, and it maybe looks like, wow, I don't know if God would be positively delighted with the things I've done and said in my life. Not all of it. And I look at that, that mirror of God's law in his word, and, and I see what God's high expectations are, his standards, and I, I'm seeing myself not reach those. Sometimes I know what he says in his law. I know exactly what he says. But I choose to, to break his law anyway. Our, our selfish thoughts, our selfish actions, they kind of make us look like worthless chaff in God's eyes. And all of this sounds pretty harsh. But this is exactly what John the Baptist is trying to get us to realize. John the Baptist reminds us that, that God does not like us to be sinning. We need to know that. Uh, he, he tells us about that, that God has righteous anger when we fail to, to live uh, and, and trust in him above all else. God hates sin because he's a loving father who doesn't want to see his children making a mess of their lives with this sin. It's the last thing God wants to see. And so John the Baptist reminds you and me that, that we can't present ourselves as pleasing in God's eyes all on our own. John reminds you and me that we need someone to take up our cause, to present us as wheat before God, to bring God's delight down to us. And John the Baptist says a lot of things we really don't like to hear. But his message prepares us for the, the one message that, that we all really need to hear. Jesus, the Messiah, takes up our cause. The only way to have God be delighted with us is through Jesus. And Jesus changes chaff into wheat. We know that Jesus has taken up our cause. That's what his baptism is, is all about. In his baptism, Jesus gets unveiled as our substitute, the one to take our place. In, in Jesus' baptism, he, he gets unveiled as the Savior who takes up the cause of his people. And, and Jesus frees you from having to be delightful in God's eyes all on your own, which we can't do. He takes our place in doing that, our substitute. Now, Jesus never sinned, right? He, he didn't need to get baptized to have his sins washed away like, like we need that. But he got baptized anyway. Jesus got baptized to identify with every sinner 
to make it clear to us that he is that promised Messiah, the one who will take up our cause. That's why Jesus' baptism is such a big deal. Here, in his baptism, Jesus steps to your side, takes up your cause, and and sees it through to the, the bitter and victorious end. Everything Jesus does from here on out after his baptism, it proclaims that good news loud and clear. And the message is also sent loud and clear that God the Father is positively delighted with his Son. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The the whole Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're all showing up at this event marking it as a a very big deal. This doesn't happen a lot. And you you see Jesus beginning his work as our Savior publicly. He's making this clear to everyone. And God the Father could not be happier about it. I mean, you you even get the Holy Spirit showing up here in a visible way, which he rarely does. But he shows up here in the form of a dove, a sign of peace, all the people there. And this is actually the first of only three times that God the Father speaks directly from heaven to Jesus. That doesn't happen that often either. And within the next three years of Jesus' ministry here, we see him unveil God's love for sinners. He unveils that love in mighty miracles, authoritative teaching, in a bloody sacrifice for sin as the Lamb of God, and with a triumphant resurrection from the dead, proving that he took up our cause and completed it on our behalf. God is positively delighted with his Son. And Christ shares God's delight with you. By faith in Jesus, you gain access to God's delight. Your your sins that that make you look like worthless chaff in God's eyes, those are blown away, gone. And now, God sees you as, as good wheat to store up with him. God is positively delighted with you. Because God is positively delighted with what his son did on your behalf and who his son is. The substitute for sinners. And maybe you you need a little more proof that you are God's delight. Well, here's where you can look to your own baptism. This is what what baptism is all about. It, It connects you to Christ and his saving work. In baptism, your sinful identity, your your chaff-like appearance, it's put to death. Your your sins are buried with Christ in the tomb, and they stay there. And then even as your sins are washed away in baptism, you also are rising with Christ to live a new life, to walk in his footsteps, and, and to be a delightful person to God. 
at Jesus' baptism, God spoke some pretty awesome words. He says the same words to you in your baptism. You are my son. You are my daughter whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. You are my delight. And maybe, maybe rightly, some people, they ask the question, well, okay, why do I need to get baptized if, if I already have faith in Jesus as my Savior? I guess the answer to that can always be, well, why not? Knowing, knowing what baptism does, how it, how it gives us that physical assurance, concrete connection to Christ, forgiveness, God's delight. You can take great comfort in your baptism. You know, point to it when your sins leave you feeling like empty chaff some days. Point to your baptism when the devil's temptations are swirling all around you. Point to your baptism when you feel like you need a little uh, pick-me-up, when you're feeling dejected and depressed. Because you know God is positively delighted with you. You bring joy to God. As you live your life out of faith, and, and God sees the, your good deeds and your acts of love to others, your care for others, oh, it just fills him with so much delight to see that. Your, your delight that God has in you, it flips everything on its head. Now, you're not obeying God's law just because you know, you're afraid of it or, well, it's just something I, I have to do this. Now, We try to live in line with God's law because we're positively delighted to follow his lead because he's already claimed us as his object of delight. So, perhaps it's not so bad to stop and listen to John the Baptist after all. We need to be reminded we have sin. We need to be reminded we... We have a God who doesn't like sin because it it gnaws at the wholeness of our being, threatens us with death. And it's the last words in this account here that, that really give you the message you need to hear above all else. God says, with you, I am well pleased. God is positively delighted with his son and Christ shares God's delight with you. God is positively delighted with you. So now you you get to be positively delighted to serve him in your life here on this earth. Amen.